listen, listen. Nine times out of ten when you stop recording, you also hang up on me. So those in glass houses. I wouldn't say nine times out of ten. I say happened maybe four or five times. You're going to do it again today and I'm going to be like, see, I told you so. No, but I'm, I am <laughs> recording with the correct microphone. That's always a good sign. Yeah, I'm sorry about last week, but I did not have the mental, physical, spiritual bandwidth to go back and record another full episode. And oh, it no. literally, like the episode, we said our last words and then it went to be edited and then the episode came out. So yes. uh, there was no time. Well, and let the record also show that you questioned the little sound waves on your so recording I was software. Gonna say, I was going to say it, and then I didn't want to throw the uh, the uh, recording engineer that I live with under the bus. <laughs> I can. I don't live with him. He's my Regina George. Here comes the school bus. I still have the raw audio, so let the record show that I questioned the squiggles, and I said that they looked chunky, and uh, I was told it's probably fine. Yep, and then you texted me like an hour after we hung up, and I said, and "Guess you what? Said, it wasn't. It was fine. not fine." <laughs> so let like, the record if, show that Haley we was were, right. If we were recording like a like a like a sitcom or something, it's like, "Yeah, it's probably fine," and it wasn't fine. <laughs> she would come to find out it wasn't fine. Reader, it was not fine. <laughs> no, no, not at all. But it's fine now. It's fine now. That's all that matters. Yep. And it'll be fine until it happens again, yep. which is not now. So that's a problem for future us. And you're fine. Oh, you're fine. Yeah. Fine. And guess what? It's our 250th episode. It is our 250th episode of our podcast, which is Crime Culture. And we didn't Yay! forget to introduce it. Yay! We just had a little banter up top. Exactly. Because, you know, there's if there's one thing that I know after 250 episodes, it's that everyone loves banter. That's all yeah. they talk about is how much they, they tune love in our for banter. the banter. They do. They do. They come for the banter and they stay for more banter. More banter. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, that's Haley. It's her 250th episode. Hey, I'm that's Caitlin. Caitlin. Yeah, go it's ahead. her 250th episode. <laughs> and together. This is our 250th episode. It's pretty anticlimactic because I'm... So, Didn't know it was 250th episode? Yeah, I was not keeping track of what number it was. So I was just like, yeah, this is what I'm going to talk about on this particular day for this particular episode. And then uh -huh. I was just like, ah, you like I, I, I logged on and you go, it's our 250th episode. And I was like, oh, well, the good news is it's not a downer. Good. Yeah. Which we've been... We've been without a non-downer, an upper, or upper one, school again. I would say the Winona Ryder one wasn't a huge downer, but then I forgot about the poly class murder. So yeah, that, that was a downer. I was going to say, I was like, yeah, yeah. we had, I was a, like, we that had was a couple just about, things there. That was just about shoplifting, which is fun. I mean, um, if you think shoplifting's fun, you're going to love this. <gasps> <laughs> I've never done it because I have a guilty face, um, but... <laughs> I've never I, done it because I have innocent. anxiety. Yeah, fuck the man. As long as that's you're shoplifting, if you're shoplifting <gasps> from like Amazon, like that's fine. But if you're shoplifting from like mom and pop shops, you can go fuck yourself. That's not true. I shoplifted 
from a Home Depot when I was five years old. I took a handful of those little like wing nuts or whatever they are, and I put them in my pocket. And as my dad was carrying me out of the Home Depot, I was trailing wing nuts through the parking lot. You just unlocked a core memory. And my dad had to pick up the wing nuts and carry them back. It was like 10 cents worth of wing nuts. It was not a lot. And also, as a small child, you definitely needed those. I did. I did. I think I thought they were rings. I shit you not. And they were just not for my fingies. Um, but this you're talking to the same kid that now I'm really outing myself. My mom was wondering where the dog biscuits were going. And because they were baked to look like cookies, they were not your traditional bone biscuits. They looked mm-hmm. like little rugulas, if anybody knows what a rugula is. If you don't, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I was eating them because I thought they were rugulas at the ripe old age of probably like two or three hopefully not much older but yeah he had to carry me back in home depot and be like uh my kids stole these can i just give them them? back no 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 no. i believe he paid for them and let me keep them yes but this is also the same man that one time i realized that i had walked out of the grocery store with a bell pepper that was under my purse and i had paid for all of the other groceries and he was like run and i was like no i'm going back inside and i'm paying for the bell pepper because i'm a little wimpy girl Something happened between, like, 3 and 23. I don't know what. It was anxiety. I know. Spoiler alert. Yeah. (laughs) It was mental illness. But But there's there's stealing in this? There's There's chocolate Honey. Honey, these are the Lofton incinerator thefts. I don't like the word incinerator. I don't like that I made it my first time saying Loughton after looking it up in front of you and before talking to you and I still pronounced it wrong. It's the Loughton incinerator incinerator thefts. Loughton. Loughton. But all right. Tell me about it. Yeah, let's 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 chit chat about it now that we've gotten our banter in and then some. Our daily dose. Mm -hmm. So our story starts in nineteen eighty eight in England. I don't have an exact date for you. We're kind of we're you know, it's the two hundred fiftieth episode. We're free balling we're go, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I mean, we don't really have those to, to free ball with, but I mean we can we can free free vulva it. We can do it. Okay. Um but so from nineteen eighty eight until nineteen ninety two, four people stole about six hundred thousand pounds from their employer. Mm. Which just so happened to be the Bank of England. Oh, no. Yeah. Now, before we get into the rest of this, I'm going to try to break this down for everybody. But spoiler alert, um, even with math professor Google helping me out here, I still suck at math. MIT would laugh in my face if I so much as stepped on their campus. So this information may not be accurate down to the last dollar, but basically they stole about $1,068,000 U.S. dollars. Mm-hmm. during that period and with exchange rates and inflation and whatnot that means they stole about one million five hundred fifteen thousand eight hundred four pounds and 99 pence i think babes um today that's a, that's a quite a chunk of change yes it, it, um to be exact that chunk of change is one million eight hundred fifty three thousand six hundred seventeen dollars and 29 cents in the u.s Dang. Yeah, so they stole a pretty large amount from the Bank of England. But uh, why? 
We'll get to that. Hold on. <laughs> I was trying to, I was doing a leading question. Yes, but I was still, I was still leading into the fact that this is the bank of fucking England, like the big mommy bank upon which it. many banks have been based internationally. Like this is who people look to when they go, I want to start a bank. I'm going to model it after this bank, that bank. They did this for four years without getting caught to that bank. Wow. Yes. They should, they should teach like those courses on that masterclass. Yes, yes. Or they should get on TikTok with that guy. I forget his name where he teaches you how to con people. Um, but anyway, so how did they do that, Caitlin? Tell me. How did they do that, Caitlin? How did they do that, Caitlin? Well, I'll tell you. The way it allegedly went down is that these people were employees at the Bank of England's incinerator plant at Debden in Loughton, Essex, which served a very important purpose. Basically, when money is too old or too damaged to use the reserve or institution or what have you, depending on where you are in the world, um, in this case, it's the Bank of England, takes that old damaged money out of circulation and then replaces it with fresh, crisp, new money. We love new money. We love new money, unless we're old money, in which case nouveau riche is not for us. Um, tell me you grew up in Connecticut without telling me you grew up in Connecticut. I'll go first. So then... They take the old tired money and they send it off to a farm upstate to go run around with its little old tired money friends, uh -huh. meaning they burn it to ash. Oh. So it started out with just three of the employees in question. Um, I did the math based on, for these ages that I'm about to give you, I did the math based on a 1994 article, which obviously takes place after 1988. So the math may be rusty. Mm -hmm. I may be a year off, give or take, but 38-ish okay. year old Christine Gibson, who was seen as kind of like the ringleader, Gaslight Gatekeep girl boss Gibson, and her colleagues, 28-ish year old Kenneth Longman and 33-ish year old Michael Nairn. Okay. And I'm not sure about the others involved in this case, but according to The Independent, which is where I got like a lot of my information from, uh -huh. Gibson had an annual take-home pay of 14,600 pounds, which is about 25,988 US dollars back then, which is about 43,514 pounds or about 53,212 US dollars today. That's pretty good. It was decent. Like, she wasn't making a lot. And on top of that, her husband was said to have not, quote, ever done an honest day's work in his life, end quote. Fucking freeloading piece of trash. Careful, Haley. You'll upset the Meninists. Mm. Um, <laughs> Maybe they yeah. should be upset. I mean, if, I mean, I've got nothing. <laughs> But yeah, it's safe to say that she was the sole breadwinner for her household. And again, math, not my strongest suit. But from what I could tell in my research, she was making like decent money, but not a lot by any means. Like I was seeing everything from like that the average cost of living was around 300 to 400 dollars. And that didn't include rent like a month. Mm. So mm -hmm. like she wasn't making a ton, but she was yeah. making enough to manage it sounds like yeah though i couldn't find any information on like what the poverty line was or like because it was a household of two people like whether they were paying rent yep. like or what they were what they would have been paying in rent or in a mortgage and whatnot but anyway back to the incinerator plant so the old 
banknotes were kept in cages with two padlocks, one black and one white. And so Gibson, initially, she was in charge of the key for the black locks, and then somebody else would have the key for the white locks, and that was how they kept things secure. But allegedly, she figured out that she was able to switch the white lock for another black one that had been painted white. At some point, she would switch keys with somebody. Okay. Then she would... Somebody else who was also in on this, or she did I don't did think it. they were in on it. I think okay. it was like some days, like most of the time she had the black keys, oh, but okay. sometimes they would, she would they get would the white key. Okay. Yes. So this allowed her, she would paint a white lock black, and then she would have, or a black lock white, and so then she always, almost always had the black key, so then she would unlock both, okay. but you wouldn't know. Yeah. So this allowed her to open both of the locks, and therefore the cage, with all of this retired money inside yeah so then gibson and nairn would go in at their leisure and steal some of it before it got incinerated they would just kind yeah. of sneak it out it's just example, being burned anyway well we'll get to that um for example gibson would smuggle the notes out of the plant by stuffing them in her bra and underwear <laughs> yes i like uh, her I know, like, I mean, who hasn't smuggled shit in their bra and underwear? Like, we all have. Like, okay, good. Yeah. We're, we love a resourceful queen. And before you go thinking, oh, but somebody could have immediately noticed that this money was going missing. <laughs> no, 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 no. So Obviously, it went on for so long. Well, it went on for so long, and I don't think you're picturing exactly how much money gets taken out of circulation every year, because it's not like a couple of those, like, bank robber, Mr. Monopoly-style brown sacks with a big, like, currency. Money sign on it, yeah. Yes. Um, or like even like in a barrel or something like that. I don't know. But my point is we're talking millions. Dang. For example, according to the Bank of England in 2021 alone, they exchanged 16,235,000 pounds worth of currency. That is over... Pounds as in weight? No, as in like Great British oh, as Pounds. In, oh, okay. Yes. Um, that is 19,853,132 dollars and 10 cents in u.s dollars just in 2021 that that is some amount of money yes and that's just the amount that had been torn washed burned chewed or otherwise contaminated or damaged and so it was taken out of circulation and again replaced with this fresh crisp new money yeah now i couldn't find out how many incinerator plants the bank of england has but what i can tell you is that even if there were like a hundred plants just kind of like sprinkled throughout the uk that's still over a million pounds great british pounds yeah going through each of those plants every year wow ish math um and furthermore they weren't stealing like small bills and they weren't like doing a thing like they were organized they were they weren't like doing like i'll grab what i can or whatever no they were taking 10 or not 10 20 and 50 pound notes which minimized the conspicuousness of the theft while maximizing their loot, Mm -hmm. their plunder, their booty. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway, so Gibson, Longman, and Nairn were then approached by a fourth employee at the incinerator plant named Kevin Winwright, who wanted in and served as their, like, lookout and would distract guards while the other three would smuggle out cash. And allegedly they were doing this every, they were smuggling out cash like every night that they worked. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so during this period, I know four years. Yeah. So during that period, the group and their spouses lived what the press called a quote, life of Riley end quote. 
and that basically means they balled the fuck out and see spent and in- that's that's questionable too like I, I mean i guess it goes on for so long that it takes them a while to get caught but like you're not you're not working at a a fortune 500 company man no uh but that's i will say like that that's not where we hit a snag so to speak okay um so that 317 great british pounds that they that was more than what they had earned over the course of those four years so yeah in addition to whatever they earned they spent that amount of money oh um which for our U.S. listeners, that's they spent at the time about five hundred sixty-four thousand two hundred sixty U.S. dollars, and today that would be about eight hundred thousand eight hundred fifty Great British pounds, or about nine hundred seventy-nine three hundred twenty-seven U.S. dollars. That's like fucking Brewster's millions. How how quickly did they spend that money? Over the course of four years that's a lot though that is a it lot. is a lot it is a lot and they weren't like shy about it their purchases included like expensive vehicles jewelry um it was alleged that the gibsons paid off their mortgage during this period as well i mean i think that's the like the least conspicuous thing like you can yeah. see somebody driving the flashy car to work uh but like quietly paying off your your mortgage i think would be like the first baller thing I would do. Yeah. I mean, buying a house, I think, would be the first baller thing I could do. But yeah, then again, right. uh, <laughs> but, but owning for, anything, <laughs> owning something, please. Yeah. Um, for example, the Gibsons bought two cars, a Mitsubishi Shogun and a Vohal Frontera. And altogether, they were worth about 34,000 pounds, which is about 60,180 US dollars back then, which is about 78,208 Great British pounds or about 95,638 US dollars today. Dang. So about, about well, well, to be um, conservative, about $45,000 worth of cars. Yeah. And two motorcycles. Oh, no. And a horse. And a jet ski. I don't know about the jet ski, but and I... And chitty chitty bang bang. They and could three have, jet planes. They could have gotten the jet ski when they went on vacation in America, the Bahamas. Elon Musk space, spaceship. Elon Musk. Yeah. They just, just, bought, they just bought Elon Musk. Um, but yeah, they went on vacation in America, the Bahamas. And I'm going to pull this one as a direct quote from The Independent because I feel uncomfy. Quote, the Far East, end quote. Okay. And yeah, so still, the Bank of England did not notice. Wow. And honestly, not to sound super like Scooby-Doo about it, but they probably would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for Gibson's fucking husband, Peter. Fucking Peter. It's always the husband. Is he the freeloader? Yes. (laughs) Oh, God, you can't keep your fucking non-working mouth shut. First, you don't get off the couch. Now you're getting off the couch and fucking shit up. Which God, is it, Peter? Peter. Peter. Um, yeah, so Peter got cocky and tried to deposit 100,000 Great British Pounds. So about 177,000 US dollars then, which is about 230,024, 25-ish Great British Pounds or 281,288 US dollars today stupid idiot fucking Peter. at the ilford 
East London branch of the Reliance Mutual Insurance Society. And again, he tried to deposit this entirely in 20s and 50s. Yeah, and in old cruddy money. In old cruddy money, all of which had been brought in in a carrier bag, which, correct me if I'm wrong, UK friends, Kim, hit me up. But that seems to be, from my research, just like a plastic grocery bag. So he brings this shit in, this shitty money, in 20s and 50s in big bills in a grocery dude, bag. Dude, does he not know that this is fucking stolen ass money? Like, dude. Oh, he does. He does. We'll get to that. My man. Mm-hmm. My, my bro. Yep. So either way, Peter fucked up. But then Nairn also attempted to make a deposit of 30,000 pounds. So that's about 69. Do to- I don't know. I don't know. Dude. Do it in small amounts. Do it at different places. I have a theory, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, 30,000 pounds, which is about 69,700, or no, 69,007 pounds today. Okay. And that's about 53,100 US dollars back then and about 84,387 US dollars today. Yeah, that's like, that's like more than the yearly salary yeah that they were making yeah. yeah at least that gibson was making and and yeah. also entirely in 20s and 50s again that's what he's also doing and it's yeah. the same exact bank branch yeah dude my <sighs> yeah so as is the case with most of the cases that we cover on here we got two men fucking up and getting caught Mm-hmm. And to add insult to injury, Nairn then claimed that the cash had been found in a carrier bag behind a cooker at his late father's flat. So, like, I know that immediately, like, Gibson was kind of vilified as being the ringleader. But honestly, from the sound of it, she really was the brains of the whole operation. Because yeah, what the fuck kind of excuse is that? Some brains. Yes, yeah. Exactly. So obviously the society's manager, Anthony Day, reported the suspicious activity to the police and it didn't take long for them to connect the dots. Well, I guess it took them pretty long in the grand scheme of things, considering it took four fucking years for these people to even get found out. But Gibson, Longman, Nairn and Winwright and their respective spouses were all arrested after a police search revealed 30,000 pounds, so about 53,100 US dollars then, which is about 69... Oh, fuck. No, that's right. I thought that I had copied and pasted something wrong. All of those numbers that I gave you before, we're just going to do a little repeat of them. I'm keeping that in. I'm shaming myself. Okay. Um, But yeah, so about 30,000 pounds, 53,000 then in the US dollars. You, you know the drill. Rewind like 30 seconds and you can get the whole numbers again. Um, in cash at the homes of Winwright and his mother. Okay. And then another 600 pounds, which is about 1,062 US dollars then, about 1,380 Great British pounds or 1,688 US dollars today. Okay. In cash. In Nairn's wife's, quote, undie drawer. According undie to drawer. the Independent, undie drawer. Is that where we you keep your hidden those. money? I'll never tell. All right. Bank of England ain't gonna catch me. Yep. Um, however, only Winwright was prosecuted 
Okay. Because he admitted to three thefts inside the incinerator plant, which came to a total of 170,000 Great British pounds. So about 302,600 US dollars back then, which is about 429, 478 Great British pounds or 525,191 US dollars today. So like half a million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. And so the, he, the equivalent of half a million dollars today. Yes, yes, yes. Damn. And he was sentenced to 18 months in prison huh. after his Crown Court trial in Harrow. Yeah. That's pretty Just 18 lax. months? That's yeah. fucking nuts. Yeah. But he was unhappy, and we'll get to that. However, that doesn't mean the other participants got off scot-free. We'll get to why in a bit. But in April 1994, they were then hit with a civil suit by the Bank of England, which sought damages for breach of contract and asked for the return of their money with interest, citing this high roller lifestyle that they participated in. And I want to know how many of these people that work at the Bank of England, like not as like incinerator people, but like the high and mighty motherfuckers who are suing over this. I want to know how many cars they have and how many motorcycles they have and how many horses they have and how many vacations they've been on to America and the Bahamas and the quote unquote far East, according to the independent. Anyway, um, if you think that my, my eat the rich attitude is becoming unhinged, just wait. So the case became immediate tabloid fodder. These people were kind of, hailed as heroes the british media would yeah. call them quote ingenious yeah and judge norman rudd presided over the trial at the high court of justice and winwright who was well into his 18 month sentence at the time that the civil suit came about some sources said it was nine months others said it was a year okay he rolled over like a fucking dog and cut a secret deal to avoid further prosecution in exchange for testifying against his co-conspirators and providing evidence on behalf of the bank so here's the thing. If you're going <laughs> to conspire with a group of people, you got to make sure those motherfuckers are on your side. Mm-hmm. Because this shit is so stupid. Yeah. You got to find somebody that's not going to flip, that's not going to. Well, but he's also the only one the that bus. was stupid enough to keep it in his home. Yeah. See, that's the other thing. That's the or other Or at least key. somewhere that you could find it. That's the other key factor here is you got to uh, team up with smart people. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of not uh, a hot commodity no. in the current world market. No. But also I would say I think they could have gotten away with a lot more if they, one, did it less, like less often. Because if they're doing it every single time that they were working, like that really just raises the stakes of like it's countdown to when you're getting caught um yes but at the same time they stole six hundred thousand pounds over the course of four years so it doesn't sound like they were taking a lot every time yeah in the grand scheme of things yeah but also i think they probably like got so into like oh like because they got so comfortable doing it they were probably like we're never gonna get caught so that's why they uh, were like afforded to be like a little flashier and uh, a little more careless when you can never be careless doing something like that. Yeah, no, you can't. You gotta, you gotta learn. We'll, we'll get to that. But you gotta learn. You gotta know. Yeah. But so as part of his testimony, Winwright told the High Court that he had also taken part in other thre- thefts known to the bank, 
which were not mentioned in the criminal case against him as part of this deal with the bank that he would testify against his co-conspirators. So according to the Independent, on the second day of the civil action, Winwright alleged that during one night, one night shift at the returned notes department, he told Nairn, quote, I wouldn't mind some of this. And then Nairn replied, quote, are you serious? And when Winwright said that, yeah, he was, Nairn then allegedly said, quote, you can come in with us, end quote. And that's how this whole thing got started where he was involved. Mm -hmm. He also said that he was paid a share of between, quote, 6,000 and 12,000 pounds each time for his part in the thefts, end quote, after serving as the lookout, quote, six or seven times, end quote. And that on, quote, two or three occasions, end quote, he had swapped roles, taking the money himself. These were the thefts that were concealed at his trial in exchange for his cooperation. Okay. In this civil suit. So according to The Independent, Gibson claimed that the robbery was akin to, quote, recycling, end quote, because she was saving disposed money. And like, she's got a point. Yeah. Hard to fault that logic. Like It was going to be thrown out. That's what she was saying. I was just recycling. Like, good for you. Like, goddamn. Like, her first mistake was pairing up with these buffoons. Yeah. So the Independent was also, uh, they also reported that Anthony Boswood, the QC for the Bank of England, which for our non-UK listeners, that means Queen's Counsel. So like a lawyer. Okay. Um, he told the court, quote, there is an extra, no, 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 no. Mm-mm. Give me a minute. He told he told the court, quote, there is an extraordinary Essex flavor about this case. These three families have been living the life of Riley wildly above any conceivable legitimate means they could have earned, end quote. Now, I say this like that because, again, this whole life of Riley thing. Yeah. OK, I don't understand it. Somebody can please explain it to me. But also Anthony I'm not so sure I like your tone, which I read, but still, like, leave the class's bullshit out of it, please and thank you, and not for anything, but these folks may be lowly people from Essex, but they still managed to pull one over on y'all, despite not being some hoity-toity Oxford-educated lawyer from London. Yes, I looked him up, and he yeah, actually just died. Nah, he, he just died, and I'm really sorry for his family's loss, but at the same time, that was a fucked up thing to say, Anthony. Yeah. So, anyway... The trial lasted two weeks, and then on April 26, 1994, Judge Rudd, which makes me picture Paul Rudd, dressed up in a little judge outfit, and let me tell you, I am not mad at it. He ruled that the three families had to repay more than 500,000 Great British Pounds, which is about 765,000 U.S. dollars back then, which is about 1,105,413 Great British Pounds, or about 1,351,766 US dollars today. Damn. Yep. To the Bank of England and said that the that regarding the family's explanation for their wealth, quote, taken separately or together, the story is simply unbelievable, end quote. And because their whole thing was kind of just deny, deny, deny. Yeah. And that, quote, the defendants say that unless I can make specific findings that such and such was stolen by so and so on a particular date on such a sum, I am not in the position to make any findings against the defendants at all. I reject that submission. For the purposes of liability, I have to be satisfied only in my view that the bank that the defendant employees stole money from the bank, end quote. 
He also ordered that the families, in addition to repaying their shares of the stolen money, that each of them pay one third of the costs of the case, which was unofficially estimated by the independent to be depending on the couple. For example, Mm -hmm. the Gibsons were ordered to return 250,000 Great British Pounds, Mm -hmm. um, which was about 382,500 US dollars back then, which today is about 552,000. Did I say 382,500 Great British Pounds? You said it too fast. I don't know. All right. I meant dollars, um, which was about $382,500 U.S. dollars. And today that is about 552,707 Great British Pounds or about 675,883 U.S. dollars today. Well, dang. Yes. And then Longman and his wife Janet were ordered to return 150,000 great british pounds so about two hundred twenty nine thousand five hundred u.s dollars back then which today would be about three hundred thirty one thousand six hundred twenty four great british pounds or about four hundred five thousand five hundred thirty u.s dollars today and then finally nairn and his wife 36 year old sharon were ordered to return one hundred thousand great british pounds so about 153,000 U.S. dollars then, which today would be about 221,082 Great British pounds or about 270,353 U.S. dollars. So more likely than not, all those cars, motorcycles and jewelry were probably returned. Okay. I I hope they kept the receipts. So a spokesman for the Bank of England then said in response to the ruling, quote, we are satisfied with the outcome of the case, but we are once we are disappointed that it was necessary to bring it. Once the theft had occurred, it was important that we recover the funds, end quote, which, again, I say to to quote Gibson, they were recycling. Yeah, it's not like like I don't I mean, yeah, I can fuck up your economy, but like, yeah, call me call me wrong or or something, but like. This is like a, a vaguely innocent crime. It's like, money laundering. You tell me that these rich bitches haven't done the same thing. Oh yeah, they got offshore accounts. They got money yeah. in different places. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, Their crime like, was being poor. Yeah, I mean, yes, they they could have done it a little quietly. Could have lived like a little less lavishly, and yeah, could have been a little less honest. stupid and gotten away with it for a couple years. Um, but. I don't know. I think that yeah, the, I, the I know punishment it, I, does not fit the crime. No, I understand it's wrong, but I don't. I don't. I don't care. I don't see why <laughs> we're making such a big fucking deal about this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but because none of the witnesses, this is like one of my favorite parts. So they get so they get nailed in this civil suit. However, none of the witnesses who had given evidence in the high court were prepared to speak with the police, and the Crown Prosecution Service was unable to prosecute these other three couples based solely on their extravagant lifestyles like oh they have a ton of cars we can prosecute no no you can't so all of them managed to avoid being criminally prosecuted except when right who had to do damn time. yeah however the bank of england didn't actually close the case on their end until 2018 whoa yes again this civil suit was in april of 94 these people stole from the incinerator 1988 through 1992 it gets closed in 19 in 2018 
And the Independent reported that its court of directors finally decided to, quote, draw a line, end quote, under the case, with other outlets reporting that it was because they'd finally recovered all of the stolen money. Dang. Yeah. So that's a thing. Um, But the case of the Loughton incinerator thefts went on to inspire not one, but two movies. Wow. Aha. Uh-huh. So the first one, Hot Money, premiered on December 12th, 2001, and it was made for the British TV station ITV. And it stars Caroline Quentin, Christine Ellerbeck, Gerard Horan, and Cliff Parisi, and has a 7.3 out of 10 on IMDb and a 93% Google score. Wow. Yep. And it doesn't appear that you can watch it anywhere, like, officially. But you can find a bootleg of it for free on YouTube because I found it when trying to find whether or not you could watch it. So do with that information what you will. Just don't tell the Bank of England or Kevin Winwright, fucking narcs. So it was also this this TV movie was executive produced by Oscar nominee Jeff Pope, who wrote and was nominated for the Oscar for writing the screenplay for the 2014 film Philomena with Steve Coogan and Dame Judi Dench. Mm -hmm. Uh, which if you haven't seen it, it's great, but bring your tissues. And then the TV movie was directed and co-written by Terry Windsor, who went on to also be credited for his work on Hot Money for the 2008 American feature film adaptation of this movie, Mad Money. Oh, okay. Yes. So... In the director's commentary for the Mad Money DVD, director Callie Corey said producer Jay Cohen told her about Hot Money, and then she immediately went and got the rights to adapt it. She was very into it. And for those who aren't familiar, this 2008 film stars our coastal grandmother queen, Diane Keaton, Mm -hmm. and our actual queen, Queen Latifah. And everybody's favorite bar owner turned demon, Ted Danson. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you were wondering, where's Rachel in The Dark Knight? That's because Katie Holmes actually passed on reprising her role as Rachel in The Dark Knight to be in this movie. That's why Maggie Gyllenhaal got cast. Okay, interesting. Yes. So according to Corey in in these DVD commentary things, um, it took two to five years, or it it took the two of them five years um Corey and cohen to create a deliberately american like version of this movie because it, it just like that's how long it took for them to like make it fit the american yeah. like experience or what have you but since both keaton and latifah signed on for the project so early on in the movie's development they were like absolutely we want to be a part of this uh-huh. the characters were written specifically around those two. Oh, cool um so it really played, it was written to really play to their strengths. Um, didn't do so great. Aw, that's a bummer. Uh, yeah, I just recently rewatched it, um, just like to prep for this. And I, I didn't think it was that bad. I thought it was a little corny at times, but like it was 2008, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it has a 5.8 out of 10 on IMDb, an 81% Google score, and a 22% tomato meter rating, and a 48% audience score on with, with by the way, over 100,000 ratings on Rotten Tomatoes. That's not with that the, bad. Yeah, I know. But the critics' consensus ain't great. Like, oh. you said that at the perfect time. Because the critics' consensus is, quote... 
a laborious, unfunny, and implausible heist film, end quote. And that's what kills me the most, is that they called it implausible. Yeah, but it's based on true. It's so. based on true, and it's pretty, like... Close uh, to the what actually happened? Like, the crime is pretty close to what actually... Like, down to the stuffing it in their, like, underwear. Like, yeah. it, it's pretty close. Like, they didn't do, like... Uh, like they they took some liberties in terms of like i'm sure like what the federal reserve looked like and all of this other stuff yeah but like it it was pretty like similar to what the crime yeah. was so I mean, it imp- would have implausible. to be if it, was, if it was based on it like yeah have some truth to it yeah um but i mean unfunny i wouldn't call it a hundred percent unfunny there were funny parts but i also don't know that like i mean i think i was thinking about this the other day too i think that there are some movies that are marketed as a comedy when they're more of like a dramedy and i think that's the issue like people tend to like it when dramas are funny they have funny moments yeah but if a comedy has too many serious moments then it's seen as unfunny. Whereas like if you marketed it differently, if you did the trailer differently, I think that it would have been better received. But again, you know, I love these women. Like again, the year of not yucking anyone's yum. If Mm -hmm. you enjoy something, you should enjoy it. Don't let anyone's assessment or critique of something. Don't let it's, if it's somebody's job to be like, I didn't like it. Like that's literally like what a film critic's job is. (laughs) Um, enjoy what you enjoy when i go see a movie i'm not going to be like i am looking to watch a comedy movie that does not have any drama in it like i'm going to see a movie because like i think the premise is interesting and i like the people in it like that's why i go see a movie i don't go see a movie because i want like a specific genre really yeah so like if it's a if it's a comedy that has like drama in it then that's fine I think I I agree with you. I think what I'm trying to say is that like if you watch the trailers, this is treated like a it's not treated like an Ocean's Eleven. Uh-huh. It's treated like a funny like women's heist movie, yeah. and it wasn't that. There's yeah. some, there's some heavy shit. That um, that's kind of a problem when the trailer is like yes is ver- kind of misleading. Yes, that's why this dude was like, or I assumed it was a dude. I shouldn't assume, but that's why this person was like unfunny i'm assuming because i even looked at one of the trailers because i was like unfunny like i mean it wasn't funny but i didn't i don't remember the trailer it came out in 2008 i was doing other things in 2008 yeah um i was busy being a depressed preteen but it was kind of marketed that way yeah like oh like these women they get into hijinks and blah 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 and i'm like yeah they get into hijinks but it's based on a true story and this is like kind of they're in fucked up situations. That's why they're doing this. Yeah. And, but again, like, and there's only three of them and it's all women. So that's different from the, from the original, uh, theft plot, uh-huh. obviously. But if you want to judge for yourself, if you want to watch it, you can for free on Pluto TV, Amazon prime video, Tubi, Vudu, Plex, and Freevee, which I think is the channel formerly known as imdb on amazon prime video if i remember correctly they're real rebranded they're real fast and loose with movies that didn't do too well they're like Mm -hmm. yeah just have it yeah yeah (laughs) but actually but i mean that means more for y'all you get to hell yeah reap the rewards so why the fuck not like yeah if you've got if you've got nothing going on and you feel like enjoying a like 
six out of ten stars movie, according to the folks on IMDb or whatever it is. Like, Sounds yeah. like a romp. It, it, you know what? That's exactly it. It is a romp. Like, it, it's just, you've just got to enjoy yourself. You've just got to let go and let Diane Keaton do the heavy lifting, as we all should Perfect. do. It's what Woody Allen did, Aww. among other things. I'll be, I'll be quiet. But Married is I was going to say daughter. it. I was going to say it, but I wasn't going to say it. But, and he's been accused of other things, but I'm not going to say that to you. We'll, we'll get to him. We'll cover that. Yeah, we'll cover it. I was going to say, it. we'll get to him because, to be honest, his time will come probably. Hopefully, we'll see. But, yeah. So that's, that's Mad Money. That's Hot Money. That's this movie. That's this episode. And not for anything, but the budget, because I did just look it up, for Mad Money was $22 million. And the U.S. gross alone was 20.66. That's not like the worst. No, and then worldwide, it grossed 26. It made its money back. They made their money back. So, like, you know what? Don't shit on my queen, Diane Keaton, or my other queen, Latifah. Like, ugh. All right. But yeah. That's a fun heist. I like heists. I thought you might. I, Thanks I for know, that. I, and we needed a, we needed a, I, I looked at our schedule like way back when and I was like, oh, it's getting a little heavy around here. And the thing I was going to cover that I originally had slated to cover was very heavy. So I was like, I'm going to push that. A, a little bit. And yeah, then let's, I, let's spread out the bummers. But I appreciate past me looking out for future me by writing in our schedule notes, being like, Caitlin, read, read in your notebook, because I would not have known what the fuck these were. This was about the Loudon okay. incinerator thefts, because for whatever reason, like it's apparently like one of the more well-known heists yeah. in England, in the UK, in Great Britain. Uh-huh. Um, but it's not super well-known. To me, at least. I yeah, I, I had no clue what it was. Yeah. That's cool. I like it. Yeah. I like you. Thanks. I like you. You know who else I like? Who? I like our Patreon patrons, especially the ones that vote in the poll, because the <gasps> deadline to vote in your little Patreon patron poll for this month is this Friday, September 19th, October 19th. No, it's August. August 19th. We got there. Whoa. All yeah, right. it took me a sec, but It's we got August there. 19th. If you haven't. If you're at the the tier where you can vote in the poll, vote in the poll, please, so that we know what episode we're doing, so that we can get to work on it. Your vote matters. Always. I'm sorry, I'm yawning. I was going to say, it clearly matters to Haley. Oh, it does. (laughs) I'm just exhausted by hearing about heists. (laughs) All that stealing, it makes her tired. All that stealing. Um, you can go to our website, which is crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com. And while you're there, you can find the links to all of our social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and Patreon. We've already mentioned you can join for as little as a dollar, as much as whatever you want. You can have a say in what we talk about. Uh, by voting in our poll if you're at a certain tier you mm-hmm. can get a postcard you can get a live stream with us you can get uh, episodes early so many fun things i also um, i feel like we should point out it's yes. not a um live stream it's more like a video chat yeah yeah so it's a video chat 
Yeah, because I mean, like live streams, I feel like are kind of impersonal. It's like, no, no, no. We are talking to you in real time. Yeah. IRL. Yep. But that's all. all right. That's all I was going to say. You keep, you keep doing your thing. I'm sorry. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, Not LinkedIn. Oh, we have an uh, email. Crimeculturepod at gmail.com. And we have a secret Satan. Sign up. We do. Link in bio to find, to find it and sign up. If you have any we, questions, let us know. But I think we answer all of the questions. The frequently asked questions, at least. I think so. Uh, we did it last year. Secret Satan gift exchange. It's like a mm-hmm. secret Santa, but for spooky times. Mm-hmm. And uh, if um, you need more information, it should all be on there. And uh, sign up because it'll be yeah. fun. And we've put in, we, we heard everybody's likes and dislikes from last year i will say we heard your concerns we heard your your i enjoyed this parts and so we did make a couple of changes for example um if you are concerned about oh well what if i get somebody a gift but then my secret satan doesn't hold up their end of the bargain we we sacrifice them we don't um but what we do is this year we're going to make it so that you've got to give tracking information and we've got like lots more we um, call it the don't be a dick rule (laughs) the don't be a dick rule i love it yeah um but we've got some workarounds like if you get an international um pair or recipient like some workarounds for how to um i don't want to say deal with that because they're not avoid sure, but gigantic shipping costs to a different yes. country or yeah. or for example i think it's if you're in if you're in the u.s and you um or if your recipient is in the u.s and you're in australia high stevie like you you can't like there's certain like limits on there's, like shipping. weird embargo type yeah, things yeah, yeah there's just i i don't know postal services are weird but my point is there's workarounds that we've offered there's there's all kinds of shit so truly like we want it to be a good experience for everybody we want it to be a good time for everybody and we are going to do our best oh i mean those for the most part most people had fun last year i'd say yeah um and and i i have something uh i have something brewing for my secret satan when i get paired with something because oh by the way we do it too uh so you could you could get paired with one of us and, you could um, get Haley's address. You could. Well, <laughs> just made her think not, of that. <laughs> and, uh, let's say, let's say, I'm not going to give my home, my home address <laughs> that I live at. I'm going to give another address that I have access to. Um, so yeah, I have something. I have something possibly brewing for uh, for my my secret Satan if I get uh, paired with somebody that I think I can vibe with. Oh, and. Uh, I'm very excited for this year. Yeah, I'm very excited for this year. Yeah. And y'all should be too. Yeah, because it's during Spooktober, which is approaching faster than it ever has. And you're going to get two episodes a week during Spooktober. And at the end, it culminates with a uh, watch party. We're going to watch a horror movie and open our Secret Satan gifts. It's a fun time. We've been doing it for a little while. Uh, we'll talk more about it as it gets closer, but that's in October, and right now it's August. And also, are we done? I was going to say, unless you, you're saying also, and I'm like, oh, there's an also. I was just going to say, and also, we'll see you next Tuesday. Oh, okay, yeah, and also, we love you. We love you. See you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Bye.